0: Is Kaysan Wallace the right pick for the Oklahoma City Thunder at pick number 12? We'll talk about him on today's Locked on Thunder podcast, the draft profile edition of the Kaysan Wallace prospect profile. You are Locked on Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, media member, and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOTHunderpod. Email the show, LOTHunderpod at gmail.com. On today's show, we're diving into another draft profile and projection, this time diving into Caseon Wallace who provides a lot that Oklahoma City is looking for. Could he be the option at pick number 12? Today's show brought to you by game time. Create an account. Use the code LOCKEDONNBA. Get $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute ticket. Lowest prices guaranteed. Folks, Case on Wallace is today's draft profile. You can pick the next draft profile by dropping it below in the comments on YouTube or on Twitter at Ryland_Styles. underscore Styles. Thank you so much. Subscribe to Locked on Thunder anywhere you get your podcasts from, including on YouTube. And today, let's get into Quezon Wallace. 6'2", 195, a 6'8", wingspan, 19 years old, out of the University of Kentucky. Quezon Wallace is an elite defender that can knock down shots and get kind of injected into a lot of different NBA organizations and thrive. Quezon Wallace is elite defensively. I think that he is one of, if not the best, point-of-attack defender at the guard position in this draft class. He is an island disruptor. I think if you put him on an island, he is going to make life terrible for his opposition. He annoys his opponents. He has this ability to get underneath ball handlers, and that helps him poke the ball free and secure uh, multiple steals, two per game at the college ranks his his ability to to disrupt you off the dribble is going to be key for a success at the NBA level despite his size you just cannot bully him it's not like you can just take the ball top of the key turn around and just back him down or punish him he is willing to take on contact withstand contact and not get bumped off of his spot so like it, it is impressive to watch him play defense at his size and just play bigger than what he actually is he gets back really well in transition defensively. Uh, He's a really good help side defender. I think that it's huge what he can do uh, in, the, in the sense of playing off ball uh, with his deflections, with his ability to jump the passing lanes. Uh, he, he has the right amount of risk on the defensive end. where He has the right amount of gambling for steals versus staying home and just playing straight up defense. I think that that is a skill set that is difficult to master at any level, at any age, but to have it already here is very impressive. When you look at the strengths and weaknesses of his game, uh, that stands out the most. A guy that gets two steals per game and is not just hunting for them. It's not just, it's not just going and selling all out for them. It's happening within the flow of, of, of defense and within his responsibilities. It's sort of like whenever you see a college player with high block numbers, which looks good and they look like a good rim protector, but yeah, they get three blocks a game, the issue is for the 40 other possessions, it's just an easy layup at the rim because they've overcommitted to the block and they've uh, had the ball passed around them and, and, and up and under them and, and it's in the bucket. So with Caseon Wallace, his high steal numbers, it still equals really good defense because he's getting them just within the standard operation of the defensive scheme over at Kentucky. Uh, he also has a very high motor He's going to be a guy that gets loose balls, diving on the floor, deflecting balls, taking charges. He's going to fit right in in this hustle stat team if he was in Oklahoma City. And his footwork is awesome and it allows him to stick with guys on the perimeter, which allows him to be a versatile defender uh, and stay with guys, attached to guys' hips one through, one through three. Obviously, you don't want this guy switched on to many threes uh, even, but also fours or fives, kind of out of the question. But uh, just pure sticking with it and contesting the shot, he's able to do that because of his footwork um, that he possesses. I love his feel for the game. Uh, he has an amazing ability to make the right read, the right rotation, the right pass, the right shot, uh, everything he just does, everything right. He he's never going to be caught in a scenario where you watch him and you go, "What were you doing, man? Like, what were you doing on that play?" He's a he's a, he's a possession plus guy. Like, he gains you way more possessions than he loses you, and part of that is his nature of being um, a a quality defender that understands when to gamble and when to try to go for steals. But also on offense, he's this risk-averse playmaker that can create for himself and others, but is not going to do it at the cost of turnovers. Like He's a very low turnover guy. And so ultimately, you're going to win the possession battle when you have a guy like Kayson Wallace out there. He's a really good rim finisher offensively. He's really good with either hand on either side of the floor, either side of the rim, uh, which is very encouraging. He has that touch with a beautiful floater that he has, which can help him uh, whenever he goes into the trees and the teeth of an NBA defense to pull up for that floater. Uh, and his release on his jump shot is quick. I think he has a great jumper in general. I think that it translates to the NBA. Defensively, the last note for his elite defense is I love his ability with his size, to fight through screens, get over them, get under them, and still contest jump shots—that's really impressive for his uh, size, for his ability. And then offensively, the the biggest strength for him is his scalability. You can really see how this guy will fit into an NBA offense, playing off ball, either camped in a corner where you drive and dish to him, or uh, coming off of screens, curling off of those screens, getting handoffs. And I just imagine him playing with that secondary unit and being utilized. Um, like with J-Will, like J-Will top of the key handoffs and and setting screens for him and, and finding him off of those screens and cutting to the rim uh, there would be impressive as well. So like you can you can kind of see how his game would translate to the NBA whenever you watch him in college, which is always a good sign for guys like uh, Kaysen Wallace and for guys that you want to pick in the lottery. So that, that's what you're kind of looking at with Kaysen Wallace. You're really looking at a defender, and I think that he has – really high upside from beyond the arc too. Like it it wasn't as though he blew you away from three point land in college, 34% from three. But I think that, that you can look at his form, look at his release and see potential there that allows you to wonder if, you know, he would be able to get to that, you know, 37, 38, 40% shooting from beyond the arc, which would really um, overhaul his game and, and just take his game to the next level. And a big reason why, you feel confident in that it's not only the way that his form looks, but also the fact that at the free throw line, he shot 75% from the charity stripe. So that shows you uh, that that's kind of a marker that teams use when scouting to see if it's scalable to three-point shooting more so than even their three-point percentage at the college level. So that's encouraging. Uh, That's a really good sign for NBA teams and for Kaysan himself. So all these things point to on Wallace being a really quality prospect, and again, I think he's one of the best defenders in the class in terms of guards. Uh, I think that you know Brand Miller could be a, a, is a better point of attack defender than him, but I would classify Brand Miller as a forward, so that's kind of where we're we're splitting hairs at that point. But for his size, for his position, he is the best point of attack defender, and he has that that upside as a three point shooter that really allows you to to see his value and and see that he can be. One of the, the hot commodities that you covet, like a look at these NBA teams and how they're created and how they're built and what wins in the NBA. Defenders, shooters win in the NBA, and Caseon and Wallace can be that with a little bit of playmaking as well. We'll talk about his deficiencies, where he's going to be drafted, and some key stats to look for with Caseon Wallace all coming up. But first, I want to tell you right now, my good friends over at Game Time, folks. Game Time is where you want to be. checking out today because Game Time is awesome. Use the code locked in NBA for $20 off your first uh, order folks. You can buy tickets. Uh, if you go there with the lowest prices guaranteed last minute tickets. So there's no stressing. Uh, there's no preparing. You just can go there, get last minute tickets guaranteed for concerts, movies, theater, sporting events, everything you need tickets for, they have it for you. They also have some great protection plans in case of event cancellation uh, or or other protections as well for your insurance for buying these tickets. And if you somehow find a better price than GameTime, GameTime will credit you 110% of the difference um, to your GameTime account. So check it out today. GameTime is there for you. It's fast. They get you the tickets right to your phone. Check it out today, GameTime app. Uh, Use the code LOCKEDINNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms and conditions apply. Again, that's the GameTime app whenever you create your account using code LOCKEDINNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Download the GameTime app today at GameTime.com or the GameTime app. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you, talking Thunder basketball. Subscribe for free across all podcasting platforms so you never miss an episode. Folks, we're going to get you three more draft profiles this week, so let me know in the comments who you want to hear about next. We're talking Kaysan Wallace today. You everydayers can expect uh, Richard to be to be back next week. Richard Stamen going to be back on the podcast at Mavs Draft on Twitter next week, talking NBA draft. Uh, we've had Derek Parker on the podcast last week, talking NBA draft. Go back and listen to that one. We've had Howard Beck on the show earlier this offseason to talk about how interesting the offseason is for OKC and if they're the most interesting team in the offseason uh, for for the NBA uh, here in OKC. So a lot to dive into from what we've already done. We've already done many draft profiles. You can go back and find those as well. And now we're doing Kaysan Wallace. To me, Kaysan Wallace is one weakness. But it's like but it's an important one. The one weakness that he has that I that I really want to point out besides the, the injury stuff that happened at, at Kentucky, if we can it, you know if, if he checks up medically, it's it's fine. The weaknesses that I think are permeate for for Caseon Wallace is just on offense. I think he's a really good defender, elite at everything defensively, but offensively. Offensively. I don't think he can create his own jumper off the dribble. I don't think he has much of an offensive bag off the dribble to where at that point, if he's so limited off the dribble in the NBA without that burst to blow by you, without that ability to to um, play at at that backup point guard position, do you trust him there? Do you trust him at point guard if he cannot create off the dribble for himself and others? And so at that point, do you trust him to be a starting shooting guard or a backup shooting guard in this league Like, where's his role if you don't buy into what he can do on ball as a creator? I think he's a smart playmaker. I think he makes the right reads and decisions. But in terms of creating for himself, I don't think he can do that a ton. I don't think he can create his own jumper off the dribble. I don't think that he can blow by you and get to the rim, even though he's a very good finisher at the rim and very good finisher through contact, even if he does not get that separation, which is very encouraging. But does he do enough to to want to be your kind of backup point guard or your starting point guard or whatever. Like, what's the positional role for him in the NBA? As the NBA switches off of positions, though, that can be alleviated some. Uh, But I think he's going to be at his best offensively when he's playing off ball, coming off of screening action, and able to be set up as a shooter or as a cutter. So that's something to note for the guy that's this size that he can't really do a ton with the basketball that encourages you in terms of at the NBA level, like doing it in college to the degree he did it in is fine. But as you get, get better defenders against you, as you scale up to the NBA, uh, it's not going to look the same. It's not going to look the same. Uh, he had some back issues at Kentucky, but I, I think that that's all fine. Uh, I will say that, uh, one scout told me, and this is against one scout and it was not a scout for the thunder, but one scout told me, uh, that, uh, you know he projects to go in the top ten, and, and it would be surprising if he's not in the top ten. Uh, so take that for what it's worth as we can as we continue to to look through this this mock draft lens and and big board lenses, and we and we continue to see these get updated throughout the weeks. We'll see if he gets updated into the top ten in many in many uh, boards. So keep that in line with uh, what you're hearing. Synergy. He was a, a .909 points per possession overall offense. You're really looking for a one one dot as like a really good number, but 0.9 is is uh, good as well. Uh, he was one point one points per possessions against zone, which is incredible. Seventieth uh, percentile in the pick and roll ball handler abilities, which is great to see as well. Sixty six percentile as a spot up shooter, and that sixty six percentile he shot thirty eight percent as a spot up shooter. Fifty six percentile in isolation offense. Forty four percent on spot on uh, shooting off of handoffs, which I really uh, like from him. He struggled scoring the ball in transition offensively and producing points in the transition offense. I don't know how much of that is like he can't do it versus how much of that is just like college and, this and the floor and the spacing in college and just the abnormalities that happen throughout it. So, But it's important to keep in mind for a team that likes to push the pace in OKC that he did not do well in transition scoring. Uh, 59th percentile in catch-and-shoot option. Uh, whenever he's getting the catch-and-shoot opportunity, he shoots 35% catch-and-shoot off the dribble, shoots 41%, 77th percentile at the rim, 11 for 11 on dunks this year, and 60th percentile in layups, uh, according to Synergy. Now, where is he available to go in these mock drafts? The Ringer has him at 11, ESPN at 12, Athletic at 10, Bleacher Report at 7, CBS at 11, NBC at 9, uh, DraftNet at 13, Tankathon at 11, I have him at 11, and Mavs draft has him at 10. So we'll see if if we look back on this in a month when the draft is here. Is he in a consensus top 10 mode, as a scout would suggest, or is he still kind of in this, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13 range um, uh, uh, among this group? Overall, I think that he's a very gettable prospect uh, for OKC at 12. I'm just not sure if it would be the, the true target Oklahoma City at 12, but he provides a lot. Like the ceiling for what Kayson Wallace can be is an all-defensive guard that shoots 38% or better from three, which is an incredibly valuable piece, which is a which is a piece that is the difference and helps you win a championship. Like that is his ceiling. And his floor, and the reason why I think he's considered so high is that even if he quote unquote misses, I think his floor is around a league average, three-point shooter, call it 34%. 35%, somewhere around league average, better or worse, that's a borderline all-defensive candidate. That's still a really good option for you. Off the bench, sure as your fifth best starter. That's still a really good option uh, for NBA teams. Uh, I know that people love NBA comps. I, I, I'm not good at them, but the one that I've heard a lot from other people that do NBA comps around the draft community is uh, Drew Holiday, which whenever I hear that and then watch him, I, I, I like that comp a lot, so I will give you the Drew Holiday comp that many, 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 many others have coined uh, throughout this draft cycle. So I do not want to take uh, any credit for the Drew Holiday comp there, but I do like it. I do think it's a good one. Uh, And he did wear 22 at Kentucky and went to Kentucky. So that's awesome. You know, that's worked out for OKC to get their hands on Kentucky products who wore 22 and had elite hair. So uh, maybe, maybe he's the next in line. He has great hair, great hair, great defensive ability, really good shooting ability. War twenty two went to Kentucky. Kentucky guard another um, another draft trope that has been very good for the NBA and for OKC. So keep him in mind. Now we'll talk about how he fits with the Oklahoma City Thunder. All coming up. But first, want to talk right now. But our good friends over at Prize Picks, folks. Prize Picks is awesome. What they're going to do is they are making it so much fun to watch these games and keep up with these games. Because it's just you versus the projected numbers. What you do is you pick two to six players and you guess will they score more or less than their prize pick projections. And if you're right, you can win 25 times your entry and your money on any entry. There's no competing against other players. It's just you versus those projections. And you can do it for the NBA, WNBA, NFL, MLB, NHL, PGA, college football, men and women's college basketball, soccer, esports, NASCAR, tennis, MMA, boxing, disc golf, Eurobasket cricket, and more. So it's this easy you go you pick tonight let's do Jimmy Butler more than 20 and a half points let's do Jason Tatum less than four and a half assists and see if you can get that right by downloading the PrizePicks app whenever you download it or go to, or go to pricepicks.com, you can make sure you play the daily contests uh, first time users can receive a hundred percent deposit match up to a hundred dollars with the code locked on. If you deposit $100, prize picks will give you $100 as well. If you deposit $50, prize picks will give you $50 as well. So do not forget to enter code On at sign up for the instant deposit match up to $100. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for joining us today. We're talking about all SEC freshman, Kason Wallace from Dallas, Texas and how he fits with Oklahoma City. For you everydayers, we're going to have more draft profiles throughout the week on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Next week, we're going to be back with our good friend Mavs Draft on Twitter, Richard Stamen, talking about uh, the NBA draft with him and what he saw at the Combine in Chicago. He was there in person uh, and what he's hearing as we inch closer to the NBA draft. So drop below who you want to hear about next on YouTube or on Twitter at Ryland underscore Stiles. Also on Monday, We'll do another Mailbag Monday, so drop below any questions that you have um, as well. Side Wallace, he is really, really good. 32 games played, all starts for him. 11 points per game, 3 rebounds per game, 4 assists per game, 2 steals per game, and half a block per game. He had shooting splits of 44, 34, and 75, and we went over his strengths and weaknesses already. How does he fit with OKC? To me, he fits with OKC as this Swiss army knife, where um, he's really good as a bench player. You can put him as a spot starter if you deal with injuries or need a jolt or see a different matchup that you want to exploit. He can kind of bounce back and forth between those two roles and really connect this team together. And there's going to be more than one occasion where you close the game with him, even if you don't start with him. You're going to close the game with him because of his defense and because of how I think that his three-point shot will progress. And how I think that he'll do in that category. Rotational fit. I think he's an off-the-bench shooter that defends the lights out of the gym on the second unit, which has a dramatic roster impact to Lindy Waters the third. Uh, for his roster impact, that's another guard. So take that into consideration. Another guard where Trey Mann might see his minutes reduced, and at that point, he wouldn't be playing unless he had other world of the other worldly offseason, which I hope he is having right now. Uh, Lindy Waters the third. He's the guy that's th- that's like his rotational fit has been. Hey, I'm here to play 10 minutes, play really good help side defense, really good rotational defense, uh, and hopefully knock down a few threes. Well, Caseon Wallace can do all of that in a larger sample and, and at a larger scale. So that takes away Lindy Water minutes. So I think that if you were to have Caseon Wallace, uh, that is a sacrifice that you would make uh, in all of this transactionally for uh, the roster impact of of, of selecting Caseon uh, Wallace. Why the Thunder should take him if he's there at 12. You have such a high upside shooter with elite-level defense that it would be a great fit for Oklahoma City. He's a risk-averse playmaker, but he can keep the offense connected, so I really think that you have to consider him at 12 uh, if he's on the board. Why the Thunder shouldn't take him? A, he's not going to be there probably, or might not be there, I should say. Don't love the creation skills, especially for a bench option, where you're looking at him and you're like, okay, we don't really want him to be our our lead ball handler off the bench. We don't, you know, we, we've seen Isaiah Joe play that role some, but he's best in that same off ball role as a shooter. We've seen Wiggins in that role some, but he's best off ball as well. That kind of gets within, gets his attacking points uh, on ball within the flow of the offense. So then who's going to be the, the kind of lead ball handler for that bench unit, which you can just stagger SGA and Giddy and have one of them on the floor at all times, which would be awesome, but it does, you know, kind of maybe com, com, uh, you know, uh, kind of uh, conflict some things, um, a little bit, or even if you don't think that the creation skill is a big concern, maybe you just would rather have a wing or, or, or a different option like Leonard Miller, um, who will be on the board at 12 for OKC. So there are some options there for the Thunder, for Quezon Wallace, for Oklahoma City, and it will be a lot of fun to see how this all goes. That's your on Wallace NBA draft profile. Uh, I do want to say happy trails as they stay on PTI uh, to Carmelo Anthony in retirement. What a career, what a fantastic career, and it cannot be undersold what he meant to Oklahoma City. And if you are only looking at this from the bare bones first-round exit and the and the messy ending to it, you're missing the, the point of this. You're missing the picture of this. And I think that, um, you know, you had to have experienced it, especially being in Oklahoma, to understand the impact of it. On the heels of Kevin Durant leaving, Sam Presti goes and gets another running mate for for Russell Westbrook and Paul George, and then you know, a few weeks later, gets Carmelo Anthony, and Carmelo Anthony had a no-trade clause, fully no-trade clause, had to approve the trade to OKC, and here is a guy that is a, a superstar, that is a basketball icon, that is an icon that even has transcended some spaces of beyond just the NBA, and he is willingly electing to go to Oklahoma City. You didn't trap him by drafting him. You didn't trade for him against his will. He had to sign off on it. And he said, I'm coming to Oklahoma City. That was a big deal. Like that in and of itself, before you even step on the basketball court, was a big deal. To have a guy of Carmelo Anthony's stature say, I want to go there. I'm willing to go there. That's huge. That was huge. And then there were some really good moments that like we forget about because of how it ended, but like that team was rolling before Andre got hurt. Uh, the, the best regular season win, in my opinion of this franchise's history, which had a lot of amazing wins uh, was the, the day before Thanksgiving beating the Warriors and the forehead to forehead game. And just everything about that period of time had so much excitement around Thunder basketball. Um, and after many franchises would have folded, many franchises would have, would have not been able to bounce back from losing a guy like Kevin Durant. This team not only bounced back, but they bounced back in such a massive way. Uh, and then that team carried through, of course, that that next year where Mello was gone, but, but Paul George and Russell Westbrook were there and lost to Portland. And then Chris Paul, that led to Chris Paul, that led to now the, the Brebo that you've all been through with this podcast. So it's just awesome to to, to kind of know that Carmelo Anthony played here in the midst of his Hall of Fame career. It's another Hall of Famer that you can add to the list of Hall of Famers who have played in Oklahoma City, and it just meant so much more than any first-round exit or or, or anything that had to do with basketball for for his time in OKC. So uh, happy trails, trails, Mello, as they say on PTI, uh, happy retirement. Hope everything goes great. He had a great video on Twitter talking about his son and passing on his legacy to his son. You should go uh, listen to that, watch that uh, video. And whatever he decides to do next, whether it's coming into media or coaching or just hanging out whatever he decides to do next he's going to do great at it so uh, happy trails to carmelo anthony and until tomorrow whenever we do another draft profile be good and be good to one another